Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Something special for you. It's time for Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. This is something special for you. Here's your host, Ben Criddle. Welcome in, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle, broadcasting live from uh, our fantastic road home location. Stop by the road home and give back. Tis the season to be giving, and we'd love, if you do have the means to give, uh, please uh, drop off much-needed towels, washcloths, blankets, water bottles, backpacks, duffel bags, umbrellas, laundry soap, earplugs, headphones, reading glasses, if you have hygiene materials at, at home, or you can purchase them and drop them off, we'd appreciate it. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, razor, shaving cream, move-out kit items, combs, brushes, toothpaste, toothbrushes, deodorant, chapstick, body lotion, you name it, we need it. For the next couple of days, we're going to be here at the Road Home uh, at the Mediathon. We'd love and appreciate you if you gave back. 529 West 9th Avenue in Midvale. That's 529 West 9th Avenue in Midvale. Monetary donations can be made online at theroadhome.org forward slash donate. And we are also in need of uh, new and gently used cold weather clothing. So coats, socks, gloves, and hats for men, women, and children. Go to theroadhome.org today to learn more. Donations will be matched dollar for dollar from our sponsors. Got a great show for you as always. Keep us locked in on that 960 AM dial. You can stream us from the website ESPN960sports.com. The tune-in app, the ESPN960 app is where you can stream us. Also, tell your uh, smart speaker, uh, hey, smart speaker, listen to Cougar Sports with Ben Criddle. Hey, smart speaker, listen to the ESPN960 app. You can download the podcast as well, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Please give us a rating, give us a review. We appreciate it when you do. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ESPN960Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Criddle Benjamin for all of our polls and questions of the day. We'll be dropping those shortly. Always brought to you by Chubby's Cafe, chubbyscafeut.com. Mention ESPN960 or myself when you head into any Chubby's Cafe location and you get free scones, cinnamon, and or the traditional. Always with the traditional, make sure you get the honey butter on the side. It'll make it all the more glorious. Uh, you can get the powdered sugar sprinkled on top of it. It is a sweet, delectable treat for all Cougar fans in Cougar country. But always mention ESPN 960 or myself, Ben Friddle. When you head into Chubby's, get chubby at Chubby's today. That's right. All right. Let's uh, let's get into it. Let's fire up the ESPN 960 starting line of music so I can introduce you to my co-host and the rest of the star-studded cast of joining us for this Tuesday edition of Cougar Sports. Tis the season. 
to be uh, to be in the transfer portal, and, uh, and 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 we found out some more news and notes uh, yesterday and today as to who's entered the transfer portal. And here to break it all down with me is the Daily Heraldi and Double D Darnell Dixon. What's up, Double D? Okay, there you go. How about now? You hey, there you. we are. Yes, it's Christmas time. Kids are home from college, going to see the new Avatar movie on Friday morning in 3D. I'm excited about that. Yeah, are you an f- Avatar fan? Have I you mean, been on the Avatar ride? And, and I have not. I, I have a like. I like movies. I can find good in most movies, even ones that most people pan or don't like. And I love going to movies with my kids because they love movies. And when we get out of the theater, we break it all down. We're like the Siskel and Ebert of the Utah Valley. Uh, Do you take notes when you're watching movies? I don't take notes, but mental notes. Mental notes. Mental notes. See, we go next level. We take notes. (laughs) Take notes. I'm on my phone. I'm taking notes. (laughs) One-liners, thoughts, theories, all of that. Yeah. I got. I, I want to be a master debater when I come out of that movie. You you can do it. Yeah, and I'll debate you to the end. It's great. It's I like great. it. You, that's a that's a Darnell Dixon a Dixon family tradition. I it like is. this. It is. So who typically? I mean, tell me how this goes down. Give me an example of a movie and how how deep did the Darnell Dixon family go into this movie? Uh, well, okay. So the the Top Gun two. Oh yeah. We all went and saw it together. Come out, and uh, we start talking about how uh, Tom Cruise never ages. Yes. He must be an alien kind of thing. Yep. Um, we talk about how, how I'm great. Up, I'm pulling how great, up my notes from the How great movie. the That's show why. was. And then my wife and I start talking about, you guys don't understand, because you're young. You don't know. You don't know what the first one, what the impact it had on culture and on, on the movie industry and on people who love movies. I mean, you guys appreciate it because you've seen it. But it's kind of like you can't appreciate it the way that mom and I appreciate it because we were there. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way when we break down Star Wars because they love Star Wars. Yeah. But they weren't there in 1977 sitting on the floor of the theater back against the, the back doors because there was no room for anybody. I, you know, my sister and my, my two sisters, my brother and I, we all sat on the floor, which was a fire code. I'm sure, violation. Yeah. But that there was no place to sit. And I missed the first 10 minutes of that movie. But we saw it in 77 when it was a phenomenon. So we always have those discussions with my kids is, yeah, you like it, but you don't get it like I get it. You Gen- don't get Generation it. gap. Generation gap. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, I'm pulling up my notes right here. Uh, any, anything else that you want to chime in on on that Top Gun Maverick movie? Um, I missed... The playing with the boys song that they play when they when they they you know when they then the original they play volleyball to it in this one they're playing football and they do have a few female air persons uh, playing the games they play mm-hmm. a different song I missed the playing with the boys song I'm just saying I guess they because that still would have fit but I guess they decided to be PC and not play it so, you think that's what they did PC. I don't know yeah. I haven't been able to discuss that with the the director but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and we loved it. I mean, overall, great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it captures the 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 same feeling you got watching the original. You know, there's the great sequence at the end where they're trying to make the bombing run and all that. It was it was terrific. We really enjoyed it as a family and broke it down that way. I like it, man. Well, <clears throat> one of these days we're going to sit down. I'm, I, this is my notes from Maverick. 
Just you so did? You know, this, wow, really? This you did? It. Yeah, these are my notes. And so. then, and then, do you and Brooke just kind of like talk it over um, and break is, it down? No, no. Yeah, Brooke and I don't break down movies okay. like that. But my brothers, you and I, your brothers, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, anyway, lots to get to today. Transfer portal talk, offensive line talk. Everyone's attacking Coach Daryl Funk, so we got to address that. Uh, we're going to go through the pros and cons, the the nooks and crannies, getting into the minutia of Coach Funk, because it seems like there are some people that want to fire Coach Funk for a number of reasons. Uh, they want to get rid of Coach Funk. They wanted to bring in Pew. I heard it throughout the season. Uh, you know whether. It's uh, the Spencer Fano recruiting, uh, whether it's, um, um, you know, current players leaving for uh, greener Baylor pastures, uh, whatever it is, uh, it, it seems like people are fed up now with Coach Funk. We're going to talk about the things that he's done well and look at the grades, look at the objective data before us, and then see whether or not uh, it, there should be a change, whether or not there's actually a conversation for change. Now, ultimately, Kalani and A-Rod have to make the decision for their offensive line room and what is best for the long-term health and sustainability and uh, uh, the uh, the effectiveness of that offensive line. But I, I do think there's a debate here, and we'll address it here on your Cougar Sports Insider Radio Network, ESPN 960. Appreciate Double D being here. Lots to get to, though. Uh, why don't we get into the nitty-gritty, always brought to you by Bucked Up, BuckedUp.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to present our dancers with their interpretation of the nitty-gritty. So anyways, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty always brought to you by Bucked Up, BuckedUp.com. Go to BuckedUp.com and purchase uh, delicious, nutritious supplements, focused nutrition that your mind, body, and soul need. Maybe a pre-workout, maybe branched-chain amino acids. How about the deer antler velvet extract? That's right, our deer antler velvet comes from Red Deer in New Zealand, New Zealand the premier location for deer antler velvet. Every year, these deer are able to regrow their antlers, which are removed in the pre-calcified state, thus the term deer antler velvet. Deer are the only mammals to regrow tissue in such a way and at such a rapid rate. For thousands of years, these pre-calcified antlers have been used in Chinese medicine. With the help of our spray, you now have access to these same benefits. Supports muscle recovery and repair, supports increased libido and energy, supports healthy joints. Get bucked up. Get that deer antler spray. spray. Use that Criddle 20 coupon code, Criddle 20, Criddle 20, Criddle 20 for 20% off your order today. All right. It seems that uh, a lot of people are trying to uh, fire Coach Funk. Why do you think that is right now, uh, Darnell? Uh, have you been seeing some of this hoopla? Have you yeah, been hearing that, yeah. you know, over the last, I want to say the last two months, I've heard a lot of criticism thrown Coach Funk's way. Um, I get it. I understand. Um, there's maybe some some things to point out and criticize, and there's other things to celebrate. We're going to try to be as balanced as we can in this approach. But what have you heard over the last two months? Well, I, you know, as, as I hear people arguing both sides, I hear people saying, "Hey, look, they're ranked this in so and so in run blocking, and this metric lists them high in pass blocking." I was thoroughly disappointed with the offensive line this year. I really thought they'd be more dominant, and there was a stretch. The Oregon game, um, and then I, I think um, Utah State, Liberty, they didn't run the ball very well. I just didn't feel like they were as dominant as they could have been. So there's that part of it. Mm-hmm. I think most people right now, most BYU fans, are disappointed that so many offensive linemen are leaving with eligibility remaining. 
that has nothing to do with how they performed this year. If, if you're going to grade Coach Funk on how the, the offensive line performed, you can look at metrics and decide, yeah, they were good. They did this. You know, they're ranked in whatever position they were ranked. But when guys are leaving the program for other programs, then you have to pause and go, now, wait a minute, why are these guys leaving? Mm-hmm. BYU's headed to the Big 12. They could test themselves against P5 competition. Why are they leaving? Mm-hmm. And they look for someone to blame. They're not going to blame Kalani for this, so they're going to blame Coach Funk. And, and if they are measuring him in, in the sense that they're comparing him to Jeff Grimes, I don't know how fair that is because Jeff Grimes had a lot more, uh, a lot, lot longer to kind of develop it. And Jeff Grimes is one of the best offensive line coaches in the mm-hmm. country, bar none. So I, I think it's a little bit unfair to throw Coach Funk under the bus right now and blame them for everything but you do have to question why so many guys are leaving that could come back next year and help BYU in the Big 12 on the offensive line so the concern is valid I think human nature is what it is everyone's going to do what's in their best interest from an individual standpoint if they don't feel like they're being developed individually if they don't feel like they're becoming better offensive linemen if they don't feel like they are improving their draft stock if Clarkie feels like his draft stock has plummeted some people feel that way then he's going to go to where he feels uh, is going to best develop him. And that's what we're seeing right now. Now, we have not gotten a declaration as to where Clark Barrington is going to be heading, but all eyes are focused and affixed on Baylor and Waco. Why? Because uh, his former coaches are there, Eric Mateos and Jeff Grimes, uh, who coached him up from 2008 to 2020. You can take the PFF grades all you want and look at run blocking versus pass blocking in their individual grades, and maybe that tells the entire story. Um, but these two young men feel like they have regressed under the tutelage of Coach Funk. Now, is that their own fault or is that Coach Funk's fault is the question. Um, everyone will point. It depends on, like, the storyline, right? Like, <laughs> which storyline do you want to take? Is personal, individual development predicated on, you know, the 20-hour work week of football that that the coaching staff has access to to these individual players? Much of those segments are team segments. Um, there are some individual segments as well, uh, and uh, you know you, you can take either one of these approaches. I'm not saying one is right or wrong. I'm saying that Coach Mitchell and Coach Jaime Hill didn't give a flying freak how I did my job. They tried to coach technique, right? They tried to you know say, oh, I want you six by one inside, seven by one inside. I want you, to... but ultimately it was me working my tail off. After practice, doing strength and conditioning, footwork, watching film, all of the personal development that I that I made, the progress that I made was due to me putting in extra work and studying and being an astute learner and taking the information that they gave me and applying it in my own way, shape, and form and fashion and executing my job. Okay. Um, so that that's my kind of initial take on the matter. Is like if you're re- heavily relying on the individual coach to develop you and make you into an NFL star, like I, an NFL draft pick, I, I think there are very, very few coaches out there that can do that with the allotted NCAA restrictions that are on the coaching staff. Most of it's scheme in the – 
you know, as far as application and teaching is concerned, uh, giving them the parameters from which to execute. Yes, there is development at times, especially in fall camp, maybe leading up to the bowl game when you have extra time, extra period, when you're not game planning. But off season is where you become a champion of technique. Off season, guess what? Your coach is not there in the off season. Like we always say, the most important coach in college football is not your position coach; it's the strength and conditioning coach. Why? Because maybe they're the ones working you out. Maybe they're the ones putting you through drills. Maybe they're the ones getting you bigger, faster, stronger. And then you're working technique uh, individually after your lifts and other things. Sometimes you go to 3D QB to go see John Beck. You know what I mean? Maybe you go over to 2D Canooch. Maybe you go over to somebody else. Maybe I've seen guys fly out from or from 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 Utah and go down to Arizona and train with certain individuals. Like, um, I get it. Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos, those are great coaches. Jeff Grimes is the best offensive line coach in the nation, in my opinion. So you're going to work with the best one. So selfishly, you want to be with Grimey because he takes a vested interest in his players, even when he's the OC. Uh, Grimes uh, was the OC, but what position did he coach? Well, he was essentially helping Eric Mateos and Ryan Pugh coach the offensive line. That's where he was at the during the entire practice. So you do get two coaches allocated to your offensive line room, and that allows maybe for individual development in its form and, 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 and function and practice. Does that make sense? Does that does that so? If you have two coaches, maybe Eric's focusing on the scheme, and maybe Grimey will pull a guy to the side and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna work on this particular technique, and we're gonna get it right. We're gonna do this over and over and over again till we get it right. Till till Clark Barrington gets his technique right, we're gonna do this over and over and over again." Not everyone reacts to it as well as as they should. Uh, Roger French was a jerk. No one liked him when they were getting coached up by him. They would all transfer this day and age with Roger French at BYU. They'd all transfer. They'd be, I can't handle it mentally. I'm soft. I'm supple. I'm, uh, you know, I, I just can't handle Roger French. He's too, he's too verbally abusive to me. I have no self-esteem. All of them, they hated him when he was here. They get to the NFL. And they're like, wow, I really, Roger, wait, you know, Roger really loved me and appreciated me. Wow, you know, he, I love him too, you know, and, 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 and I guess the nature of it is you never like your offensive line coach. And maybe they're more appreciative of Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos and Ryan Pugh now that they've left their presence. They still have a very good offensive line coach, guys. What, he's very good. Um, maybe he doesn't have an additional offensive line coach with him right now to pull a guy aside, hey, let's work this technique over and over again, because he's focused on what? Executing the team scheme. Hey, okay, not bad, look good overall. And the finger pointing right now is being pointed at Coach Funk because he's not developing guys, and Campbell Barrington and Clark Barrington feel like they have regressed, and they want to be NFL talents. They want to be first-round, second-round, third-round NFL draft picks, and they don't feel like they're being developed well. That's what it comes down to. And BYU lost some games this year. There's no doubt. you got to win football games. We are, we are emotionally driven. We are anecdotal. We are knee-jerk reactions. That's who we are as people. Um, Clarky is different than Campbell. Campbell has, what, three years, four years of eligibility left with COVID. 
Clarkie is a grad transfer, so maybe he's had his BYU experience. But I think all of them will like Clarkie had the idea of going to the league after this season. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Clarkie is an undrafted free agent right now per his draft grade. The argument is this. Clark... If he would have been mentored in two, uh, you know, under the tutelage of Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos, that he would be a third, fourth round NFL draft pick had Grimes and Eric Mateos stuck it out at Baylor. Isn't that correct? Yeah. That, that, uh, to me, that's exactly what's happening. Okay. That's exactly what's being talked about. Um, me kind of looking at it from afar, I don't have insider information on this. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing. So maybe that's true. We'll find out. What a 25-year-old, six foot six, 315-pound, uh, very physical offensive lineman with short arms and not overly explosive, but he's dirty, he's grimy, is ranked at the end of this next season and where he gets drafted. Maybe he gets drafted in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Maybe he's an undrafted free agent. We're going to see the impact and the fruits of this decision. And you got to own your decision. I support free agency more than anybody, right? I want Campbell and Clarkie to be happy, 100%. Thank you for coming to BYU. Once a Cougar, always a Cougar. These guys are phenomenal talents, phenomenal football players. Campbell more talented than Clarkie. Clarkie more gritty and fit, tenacious than Campbell. Campbell needs to become more physical, and he believes that Eric Mateos and, and Jeff Grimes can pull that tenacity out of him. Clarkie, you need to get more athletic if you want to be sought after as a draft pick. That's if there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you either are overly tenacious and overly physical and violent, okay, getting into the league, or you're the supreme athlete with great length and big old hands and your fleet of foot, and you can you can run any scheme and match up one on one versus anybody. Uh, and that's not Clarky. Clarky's going to have to be that tenacious beast. And you're going to have to maximize your athletic potential. But that's what's going on here. And all, the finger pointing is right now at Coach Funk because he's not, they're not being developed. So let's say, you know, Blake is going to the NFL. He's going to the Senior Bowl. Um, Harris is going to the, to the Hula Bowl, going to one of the Senior Bowls. Um, you have Joe Tukawafu that, you know, is probably going to try to make it in the league. He's a little, he's going to have to play center. So if he's going to get an opportunity, he's going to have to play center. Or, as I've mentioned before, maybe you kind of look at defensive tackle because I think he could be a great D tackle. He's he's mean. He's fierce. He's physical. Um, and so something is going on within the offensive line room, and they kind of all feel maybe maybe they feel similarly about Coach Funk right now. Maybe they do. And maybe Kalani has to address that now. He's going to have to bring in an additional coach. Because he wants to develop them. But there are time limitations. There really is. You can't compare the Grimes-Mateos combo where you have two coaches in the same position group to what Coach Funk is currently at right now as one coach. 
Talk to Ty Detmer when he was at BYU. The, one of the things, the biggest surprise he had was, I have no time to develop and sit down and mentor and coach up my kids. I have 30 minutes to go through film of the prior practice, and then we go out onto the field and we have to execute our, our team scheme. I don't have time in the offseason. Why? Because I'm recruiting 24-7. Don't have time for that because you're constantly communicating and, and, and wooing and selling and everything else. There is very little time. So you either hire student analyst or student assistants. Like Remember when Max Hall was there at BYU under Doman? He was a student assistant coaching up the quarterbacks. Why? So Brandon Doman can what? Be the OC and also oversee the quarterbacks. So you got to have a two-headed monster, obviously, if you're going to address the needs and wants of the offensive line room. And I'm not undermining the needs and wants of Campbell Barrington and Clark Barrington. Once again, I celebrate the fact that they want to get developed by the best offensive line coach in the country. I do think, however, Coach Funk is a really good coach. And I think the data supports that. Just go through PFF, okay, and look at what BYU has done under Coach Funk. Okay, pass uh PFF BYU pl- blocking rates by year, pass to run. Funk in 2021, second and ninth. 2022, first and 12th. This is the number one pass blocking team per PFF, 12th best run blocking team in PFF. Now, the strength of schedule is what it was. You went against some tough teams maybe up front, and maybe you weren't good in short yardage plays. Yeah, you got to address that. And maybe that is because Grimes and Mateos isn't here. But still, you're a good running team overall. You mentioned the perception we were not good enough. I agree because we had high expectations. And we were crummy in third and fourth and short situations. Prior to that, 2018, 74th and 18th. 2019, 7th and 22nd. 2020, 8th and 4th. If you want to take the contrarian view and say, well, obviously with continuity along that offensive line, you're going to take the talent that Grimes and Mateos and Pugh recruited, and that's why Funk was ranked that high. But you're going to see a regression. You're going to see uh, this offensive line dip in the next few years because uh, the Grimes and Mateos and Pugh talent is no longer in the program. We'll see, right? We're going to see if if Kalani and A-Rod want to hold on to Coach Funk because they feel like he is a great coach and he's a great recruiter and he fits in culturally at BYU – then let's go. Let's see what happens. I'm all for objectively grading out people, and some people will, will say that these transfers are objective transfers. These are this, this is an objective data point, too. We've had multiple transfers now, two brothers. Harris is going to the NFL. Blake Freeland is going to the NFL. Joe Tuguafu is graduated. Um, you know, maybe there's something cooking. Maybe Kingsley Suamati is also going to transfer. We'll see. We'll see, but... Y- you better act now, Kalani, A-Rod, and figure out how you're going to how you're going to address the development need or want. Whether it's right, whether it's accurate or not, I don't know. Um, I think there's probably something to it uh, because I do think that two heads are better than one, and Grimes and Mateos are a pretty good combo. Grimes and Pugh are a pretty good combo. <laughs> yeah, hey, you can get developed real quick. You have two coaches, one focusing on the scheme and one focusing on technique, Four eyes are better than two. Two bodies are better than one. Two minds are better than one. Period. So do I think there's something there? Yes. Does Kalani and A-Rod need to address it? Yes. Can Is Coach Funk still a really good offensive line coach? Yes. 100%. I believe that. Darnell, any thoughts? Yeah, you know, I felt like once the transfer portal started to really kick in, there would be ancillary or secondary effects that we weren't aware of. 
Like, how was it going to affect your team, your coaching staff, your players? And what you're describing is a secondary effect of it, right? That players are going, hey, I need to get developed to get into the league, and I feel like if I move to a new school, that will do it for me. And especially if you're a moving. A coach. A coach. Not a team, a well, coach. Right. You, you, you want to get with, like you mentioned, um, Jeff Grimes is the best offensive line coach in the country. So you want to go there. Daryl Funk's got like 30 years of college football experience or something. He's never had to deal with that part. Like, he's had players who probably weren't happy mm. and were thinking about transferring, but it was never this easy to transfer. It wasn't like, jump in the portal, you're gone. Yeah. And, and now they're starting to realize, okay, that's a secondary effect of the transfer portal. We have to address it. We have to make sure that our players know that and, and it's different for every player that's that's transferring. Nobody has the exact same reason for wanting to leave and move on. Sometimes it's I want playing time. Sometimes it's I, I don't feel comfortable here. I mean, there's so a myriad of reasons. You're specifically speaking about the Barringtons, and they know from personal experience that Jeff Grimes can develop them, right? And and if they don't believe that Daryl Funk and you mentioned mm-hmm. the time. Uh, there just isn't time for him to develop these guys as individually as maybe they should. That's something that Kalani needs to look at and realize this is a reason why the guys are going, can we address it? Can we make it so that they don't want to just jump in the portal, that they want to stay here and let us develop them? But what I'm saying is it's something new that Daryl Funk has never had to deal with before in this particular way. Yeah, I mean, it's different. I'm not saying that, like I said, I, I think it's a valid reason to go into the portal. I really do. If you don't feel like you're developed, if you don't feel like the resources are there to develop you and to take the time, like you don't want to have to go to you, you don't want to have to go to Arizona, you don't want to go to Colorado, you don't want to go to California to go get developed in the off season. You'd like to maybe stay around where you're going to school and and get fed and have the scholarship check and the cost of attendance and all of things and, and have access to, to certain resources to make you the best football player that you can be, right? Having everything in one place is great. You don't want to have to go drive Uber, Uber Eats like Zach Wilson did in in Southern California just to you know get just to pay for the 3D QB stuff or just to stay busy, right? Like that that's perfectly kosher to to think that way. Um, but with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is definitely an issue. This is an issue that Kalani and A-Rod and the entire offensive coaching staff, they're going to have to address. This is the new age. Okay, You either compete right, or you don't. You either change or you don't. Now, if you're BYU, then you hope that, that Baylor is on the schedule next year. <laughs> if, you're, if you're like... If you look at the BYU offensive line next year, and they look, they're supportive. They're really supportive of Clark and Campbell. These guys love each other. This is a, a, a this is a nice cohesive unit. This is a for some a selfish move, but it, it's you know it's it's the right move for Campbell and Clark. 
per their perspective, because they want to develop, they want to be NFL offensive linemen. And their mentor, their their mentors are telling them what? You're not getting developed. Your draft grade has dropped. You're not as good as you were. Why are you so weak? Why aren't you getting better at, at run blocking? Well, it's the way that we're blocking it. Like, I can I can tell you right now. Well, it's the way they're blocking We're not coached up very well. We're not working on technique, and, and we're not getting this, and we're not getting that. And under Grimes and Mateos, we were getting coached up this way. And guess what? Who knows what's what they're hearing from Baylor? Who knows what they're hearing from Baylor with with Coach Mateos and other coaches over there? Who knows? We don't know. We don't know what those communi- what those and, and who the the brokers are of communication in that regard and the promises being made. We don't know that. This is a competitive world. This is an open market. Some people are like, well, there could be tampering. To me, it's a free market, right? If someone wants to go and play at a different school and be developed by somebody else, it's like getting a new job. Like, if you're not happy in your job, you're not happy in a place of work, you have the right, okay, to, to go and pursue other employment. You're doing the same thing right now in college football. It's perfectly kosher to me. So whatever conversations are being had, to me, it's perfectly fine. It's like, okay, if you... I don't, I don't want to use the word, the S word, because from a BYU fan base standpoint, you're like, that's a selfish move. You're leaving your team. You're leaving your squad. You're going and doing something because you individually want to benefit and be an NFL guy, but why can't you just put in the work here? Why don't you become a better football player here? Why are you blaming your coach for you not being physical enough at the point of attack and moving a guy off the line of scrimmage? Why are you blaming your coach for missing blocks? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I, I don't think I ever blamed my coach as a defensive back when I got beat <laughs> or when I couldn't get off a block. It's like, well, coach, you, you didn't coach me up well enough to get off the block. Come on. you know. But at the same time, you know, offensive line is a very complex position. It's a very difficult position. So um, uh, they struggle in run blocking, and maybe that's where – uh, a much, uh, you know, much more needed resources. You know, two eyes is or two 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 heads is better than one. Four eyes is better than than two. Type of approach is going to benefit from them, uh, or but benefit in that regard. So, uh, but but five years ago, in this almost exact situation, a player would have gone. Gosh, do I want to transfer and sit out a year before I can play? That was that. That was the impediment. Well, yeah, there was a that was the impediment. There was that. That was the that was the barrier sure. for a player to transfer into a better situation, or that they perceived was a better situation, because they were going to have to sit out a year before they could play. That barrier has been removed. And 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 if you go like five years ago, a player would have gone. I really don't want to sit out a year. Mm. I'm going to figure out a way that I can get my extra work done here in Provo, or going down, like you said, to Arizona or California or wherever. Yeah. And, and they looked inward. Now they look outward. Now they say, I've done everything I can do. What, what can somebody else do for me? So it's changed, mm. it's changed the, the way that, that players perceive their relationship with their current school. And in, in, uh, in maybe a, a roundabout way, it changes the way that fans perceive those players. Because there are fans who are like, hey, we wish the Barringtons well. There are other fans who are like, you traitors. Mm. How could you do this to us? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's okay to feel that way as it's a okay, fan. It's okay to feel like, like you've been kind of led down the primrose path. And when you see all of these 
these uh, displays on social media. I've loved my time here. I love my coaches. I love all the players. Thank you, fans. Having said that, see ya, right? That That's hard, I think, for a lot of fans to, to understand what that means because you're telling us you had a fantastic time, you loved our support, but you're still leaving. So which is it? Yeah. Did you have an awful time here and you're just saying this because you want to cover all your bases? Well, I think every you... individual journey is what it is. Clarkie's is different than Campbell's. Yeah. Campbell's is much different than Clarkie's. Like, Clark has had the BYU experience. What more does he need from BYU if he's not going to get individually develop and increase his strength? Right. I'm just saying it's difficult right. for fans to kind of figure out every wh- journey what it is means. Unique. Every journey is unique. Right. I think that's what you guys have to realize is even though they're brothers, they're, it, it, there are some similarities in what, you know, why they're making their decision. They very well could both end up at Baylor. Um, you know, they're, they are, they have had their individual journeys. Clark has been at BYU and is a graduate transfer. Campbell has all the time in the world to become, uh, you know, a highly talented and NFL draft pick. Um, but he's, both of these guys have a ways to go be, to become an NFL draft pick. Campbell has all the tools in the world to be a first-round, second-round NFL draft pick. Okay? All the tools. Athletic, bouncy, quick. He lacks physicality, punch, ferocity, finishing, and being technically sound in order to finish. Okay? Clarky needs to maximize every bit of that athletic potential that he can. But he is savvy. Okay, he, he has been physical at times. I don't know if we saw it this year. Maybe he wasn't as fleet of foot. Maybe he was a little bit dinged up. Maybe he's a little bit injured. I don't know. But um, he was good uh, enough this year, and he was one of your leaders. Could he have been better? Most definitely could have been better. And he feels like he didn't progress well enough, and so he's got to move on to greener pastures. We'll continue to discuss this. Coming up next, more to get to. Question of the day, poll today. We're live from the Road Home, Road Home's 2022 Holiday Mediathon. A uh, couple of things I want to address here. Donations are always going to be matched dollar for dollar from our sponsors. Midvale Re- uh, Family Resource Center, you can drop off a number of items that are we are in need of right now. 529 West, 9th Avenue in Midvale. 529 West, 9th Avenue in Midvale. Monetary donations uh, can be made online at theroadhome.org forward slash donate and as I mentioned new and gently used cold weather clothing is is a necessity right now coats socks gloves and pants as well as hats for men women and children we're going to break more to get you don't go anywhere this is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960 a merry little Christmas just like the Cougar football team Ben Criddle was built not born And since 2009, he's built himself into the go-to source on the radio and online for all things BYU. This is Cougar Sports with Ben Crittle on ESPN 960 and ESPN960sports.com. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Crittle broadcasting live from the Holiday Mediathon at the Road Home. We are in need right now. It is the season to be giving uh, to those in need. Please give, if you have the means, uh, clothing uh, that, that we need. All ages, all sizes, all genders, what we need for clothing, shirts, pants, pajamas, walking shoes, shower shoes, new underwear, socks, and belts. You can drop off anything that you do have to give at the 529 West 9th Avenue location in Midville. Uh, the Road Home, theroadhome.org. We're also accepting monetary donations that can be made online at theroadhome.org. 
forward slash donate. The executive producer today, uh, Ronald Weaver the Third. Ronald, uh, what's the song of the day? What's the band of the day? And why'd you choose it? The song and band of the day is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Frank Sinatra, a classic. Uh, I heard Double D talking about the old days. I wasn't alive during that time period, but my parents are good parents. They tried to raise me as best they could, and I still try to show respect to the you know the oldies, the music, uh, the movies, so I appreciate all that. So he's the band of the day and uh, song of the day. The OG of it all. Frank Sinatra, the, the most glorious voice known to man. Darnell Dixon by my side. Gavin Lee behind the glass as well typing up all the good stuff on social media. Uh, we'll get into our questions and polls of the day, chime in on it. My guess, my initial question of the day is, what's your theory, what's your take on Campbell Barrington and Clark Barrington both being in the transfer portal? Uh, just real quick, rehash, don't know your final thoughts on this matter. I'll read some of the tweets as well from Cougar Nation before we move on to the next, uh, next subject. I, I think that Kalani is going to focus on getting his defensive staff the way he wants. I think he's okay with with what the offense staff has been doing, so I don't see really any changes there. Um, and I think that's okay. And, and mm. you know, with so many linemen moving on, the thing to understand, too, is I, I think that BYU's done a pretty good job of developing these offensive linemen to create some opportunities for them to be considered by the NFL. And when guys leave... Because of the transfer portal and because of recruiting, you're going to replace them with guys that you can continue to develop. Mm. And the way the way BYU recruits, they don't get the five-star offense linemen. They generally get guys that are three-star and try to create them and make them into four and five-star. They've been able to do that. So I feel like Kalani is comfortable with, hey, let's bring in some, like uh, they just offered a junior college guy just recently, Latu. Um, they've got some other junior college guys that are looking at BYU. They've got some, uh, Thomason is a really good offensive lineman prospect mm-hmm. in the recruiting class. So you take those guys and you plug them in and say, okay, this is what we're going to work with. Because you can't lament the guys that left. They, they just they left. It, they made an individual decision mm-hmm. for the best for their future. You have to move on from that. You don't consider it one of your failures that they didn't stay. You have to move on and just take the guys that you're willing to work with. Love it. Uh, my theory is this. Um, they're blaming their development, individual development, on Coach Funk, and they're you know I think that that I, I get it, I understand. Uh, I don't think it necessarily has as much to do with Coach Funk as it does yourself, right? And also as much as it had to do with Grimes and Mateos, two coaches in the same position room for that period of time. Uh, as much as it, I think that has much more to do with it than any uh, thing that Coach Funk has or hasn't done. Uh, and uh, Mateos and Grimes are great coaches, and so they're looking have their eyes set on Waco. We'll see how it turns out, and I'm sure uh, we're going to love it when BYU plays Baylor next season, and we'll see whose offensive line performs better. Because guess what? BYU's defensive line that was not very good this year beat up on that Baylor offensive line this season. Last time I checked, that I felt like that defensive line won the night versus Baylor's offensive line. And maybe that's why Mateos and Grimes are like, oh, let's take a gander over that offensive line that we had at Brigham. We need those guys. We need to coach them up. We can make them into NFL prospects. Uh, BYU couldn't. We're the best, and uh, we're going to maximize the best talent as well. So 
something to take a look at. Uh, and I think there's uh, valid arguments on both sides. If you don't feel like you're being developed at a particular school and you feel like you're an NFL talent, then you go elsewhere. That's And that's something Kalani and A-Rod are going to address. Um, yeah, you got to hire uh, an additional analyst, an additional a, a grad assistant, somebody. Somebody to, to help out get another set of eyeballs and maybe focus on development. Yeah, similar to what Jan what did Jan Jorgensen do, do this year? What was Janimal doing? What was he doing? What was Jan doing this entire time as an analyst? Where was he spending his time? Defensive line. Another set of eyes. You know, and some people are like, well we didn't really see improvement. Uh, you know, maybe there's an argument there. But that's where he spent most of his time. Trying to develop the defensive line. Work on technique, work on development, work on mentoring, all of those things. I'm sure he did more than that, but that was one of his primary, uh, I think, responsibilities. At any rate, chime in on it, Cougar Nation. Uh, I also asked the question, poll of the day, brought to you by... But brought to, brought to you by Ruby's Inn, rubiesin.com. Go to rubiesin.com forward slash 960. Get 20% off your stay at Bryce Canyon National Park, the wonder of the West. Hike, bike, razor, horseback ride through the hoodoos of Bryce Canyon. You're not going to be disappointed in what Bryce Canyon has to provide for you. The Red Rock formations that are snow-capped this, this time of the year are marvelous. They are glorious. They are beautiful. You're going to love it. Make memories with friends and, friends and family members at Bryce Canyon National Park, and make sure you're staying at Ruby's Inn, rubiesin.com. Cougar fans, do you like college football free agency and the free market of college football, yes or no? BYU fans have not enjoyed it this season. Uh, they enjoyed it when Samson, Puka, Nakua arrived onto campus. They enjoyed it when Kingsley Suamataia came home. They've enjoyed it at times. Yesterday, it felt good Early on in the day, when you got Aiden Robbins from UNLV, the former Louisville running back, it felt good. The transfer portal giveth and it taketh away. Uh, you can't always get dubs. You can't, you know, the day that Keenan Peely decided he was entering the portal, that was not a good day. Not a great day, right? Uh, and so you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. But uh, expect some good days on the horizon. But right now, BYU fans, not all that happy. I want to talk about a stat, though. Uh, Joe, we put this one out as far as average recruiting rating of uh, the offensive line by class. 2018, uh, you had an 82.38 recruiting ranking along the offensive line. In 2019, 8.252. 2020, 8.168. And then uh, under Funk, that was under Grimes the last three years. So far, you got the 2023 class at 8689. 2022 class, 8437. 2021, 8405. So all three recruiting classes under Funk have been better than the Jeff Grimes recruiting classes. The contrarians will rebuttal this and say, well, yeah, Grimes does more with less because he's a better coach. He doesn't have to rely on, on talent as much as he relies on his skill set of development. Okay, I get it. But aren't we talking about Coach Funk being able to recruit high-level athletes. Furthermore, um, some people will say, well, was he the primary recruiter for Kingsley Suamati? Was he the primary recruiter for any one of these guys that came in in 2023, 2022, 2021? Well, I mean, I think he's done a pretty good job. Uh, I think it is a team effort. 
Some people will give credit to Jason Ayu with it in regards to Kingsley Suamati, and I, I'm right there too. Like I, Jason deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean, he's in uh, Leroy Suamati, married into the Ayu family. That's family right there. Okay, so uh, I get it. Like I, there, there are arguments here. I'm willing to listen to those, uh, but I can't completely undermine the efforts of Coach Funk, who I think has done a pretty gosh dang good job over the last two and a half years at BYU. Like, he's is he the best offensive line coach in the country? I don't think so. Like, BYU traditionally doesn't get the best quarterbacks coach, doesn't get the best offensive coordinator, doesn't get the best head coach in the country. Uh, very rarely do you get the best of the best at BYU. Um, and so, but is, is Coach Funk a... Uh, a, a top third offensive line coach in the country? Yeah, I think the objective data would say so, 100%. Like, he's got over almost 30 years of coaching experience. Uh, some people will say, like I said, the contrarians. And I, like I said, I'm willing to listen to the contrarians. He was out of the game when BYU brought him back. So it was a budget hire. Okay, I'm willing to listen. But I still look at the objective data thus far, and I think he's done a pretty gosh dang good job. I think he's a good coach. Uh, but there has been a lot of negative propaganda thrown at Coach Funk recently, whether it's the Spencer Fano recruitment, whether it's transfer portal, whether it's development criticism. Uh, there's a lot of criticism, and we do have to address that, but we also have to give credit where credit is due and credit is earned. Let me ask you this. Do you think internally Kalani is talking to Coach Funk and saying, hey, what can we do to prevent guys from leaving the program from the offensive line? Or does, he, or does he phrase it just in general, how do we keep guys? Because one of the things, that we, we talked to Kalani last, I don't know if it was during um, the, the media day in June or when it was, but I know we talked to him about how the fact, and he was proud of the fact that he didn't have a lot of guys leaving the program, right? He talked about, we, we create this environment, whatever reason he gave, we only had like one guy leave or whatever. This year they've got 11. Okay, so how does he address that internally? with the coaching staff, and even specifically with Coach Funk and saying, you know, we really, it would be great if we could have kept the Barrington brothers. Is there something we could have done to keep them here that we didn't do? Yeah, I mean, they're always going to address this. I mean, it, it could be too little too late. Well, for those two guys, but you're going to have the it situation could be, come what up. I'm saying, like, yeah, what I'm saying is they're talking about it, no doubt. Was it a surprise to see Clark enter the transfer portal rather than go to the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. But should it have been a surprise? How good are our interpersonal relationships? How many relationships can you manage as a position coach and also as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator? Who should be managing those those relationships? Who should be having those conversations with these offensive linemen? Do the offensive linemen feel comfortable enough to have that discussion if they feel like they're not being developed with their offensive line coach? Probably not. So who are you going to talk to? Are you going to talk to A-Rod? Are you going to talk to Fessy? Are you going to talk to Kalani? Jack DeMooney? Are you gonna, uh, anybody. Anybody. You know, yeah. Are you going to talk to Tom Holmo? Yeah. Are you gonna talk, who are you going to talk to? Are you going to talk to the media about it? I mean, where, who are you going to talk to? I don't know, in order to, to make change. And, and who's going to help you make that change? Because there's always problems. Okay, anyone that's run a business understands there's problems. The more personnel you are managing, the more problems you have. That's it. 
Like, and so you have to have good managers of men that have great interpersonal skill sets to be able to communicate and hopefully address the needs and wants. If you can't, if you're not going to address the needs and wants of certain players, then you tell them to leave. Like, hey, this is our this is our way. So, Clark, if you don't like it, if you don't like it, Campbell, then leave. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to go out and recruit a great offensive lineman to replace you. We're gonna we're gonna go out and recruit a JUCO transfer. We're gonna go out and recruit a, a, a grad transfer. We're gonna see if BYU gets better through the portal, and we'll grade it out accordingly. Also, this is another question that I'm posing. If you could bring back, if you can bring in any former offensive lineman, BYU football player to help be an analyst to help with the development, right, the individual technique and development of offensive linemen at BYU, who would it be? Who would you bring in? Who's the best former BYU offensive lineman? John Tate. Okay. Would you bring him in? Would he want to come and and coach as an analyst? He, he would have the most cachet because he played in the NFL for a long time and was a really good offensive lineman. You've got other guys that have played in the NFL. Teague Whiting. Um, who else has played in the NFL? Dallas Reynolds. Um, Scott Young. Scott Young. Dallas was there. Yeah. Dallas was there for a minute. That's true. Yeah, it's worth, it's definitely worth looking at. And as they increase the amount of staff that they have in order to go into the Big 12 and, and with the additional money that's coming in, they need to look at some of those situations and, and try. And, and like I said, the internal conversations need to take place that we need to do something at least to address this situation yeah. so if it comes up again, we know what we can do, what we can say or what we can offer to a kid to say, hey, I understand what you're saying. Let's look at it this way. This Here's what we can do, right? Mm-hmm. Other than, oh, I wish you'd stay, you come up with solutions, mm-hmm. right? You say, this is what we think we can do to help you reach your goal. And if, and if we're not doing this enough, let's, let's, let's look at it and give us a chance to figure out a way to do it. Because I think you're right. I think that the players wouldn't feel comfortable. Who do they talk to? And, and do they just say, you know what, I'm just going to leave? Or do they go, I'm going to give BYU one last chance to come up with an idea that if might you don't address, If you don't address questions, you know, the anxieties, the fears, you know, the problems of your players – then they're going to go elsewhere to get those needs met. Right. And I'm not saying that Clark and Campbell are making the right decision. The fruits of their decisions will ultimately be laid before us a year, two, three years down the road. You know what I mean? That's, that's the nature of our decisions. We'll see if it was a good decision or a bad decision by the fruits of their, of their decisions, right? So we can grade it out after the fact. And uh, and it may be a win-win situation for both Baylor and BYU in this regard. It may end up being a win-win. It wasn't fun. It's not fun to see you guys go that are BYU guys, talented football players, a team captain. That's two team captains. Gone. Keenan Peely, defense. Clark Barrington, offense. Okay. Are those guys true leaders, okay, of a team? Or maybe, you know, maybe they are, maybe they're not. Or maybe, you know, they feel like 
you know, they, they don't want to have to take on that burden anymore because they feel like there's been too much heaped on their shoulders. They've had to lead too much. And there is some, sometimes, I've seen that before, you know, when, when it's all on you, something could be there. Um, so we got to address the culture, got to address the leadership from the coaching staff to the players. Not all guys that wear C's on their chest are leaders. Okay, I'll go back to a conversation we had back with Kyle Van Noy, Cody Hoffman. Okay, remember when they weren't voted as team captains? Well, they were the best players. They should. I remember BYU fans being pissed off. How dare this team, these players, not vote for Cody and Kyle? Well, isn't it the team's job to figure out who the captains are? Is it not? Is it actually a team vote? I wonder, because there was a lot of C's on guys' chests this year. How many team captains do we have? Like 15, 16? Are we doing that to just make everybody happy? So that everyone gets a C trophy? So no one gets their feelings hurt? Or are we truly anointing leaders? Our leaders is the leadership see earned on their chest. Because it's not always the best player that's the leader. It's not. It's not. Like, I'm sorry. It's not. It, 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 like I said, the Kyle Van Noy, Cody Hoffman situation is a perfect example. And BYU fans were up in arms. How dare this team? How dare Bronco not over override the vote of a bunch of stupid try hard BYU football players that's what they were thinking that's what they're saying how dare they how dare Bronco it was Bronco's fault by the way you remember that do you remember that right think of the psychology of that right and think of the psychology of taking the opposite approach of like okay well well we're gonna we're gonna make 16 guys team captains, even though may they may or may not be team captains. They may or may not be leaders. You know. And to the uh, the rebuttal to that is maybe the coaching staff uh, isn't creating a a an environment in which those team captains feel like they can thrive under as as leaders. Okay, I'll hear that out. I don't know. I'm not there day to day. Uh, maybe they're they're over empowered. Like, hey, you know, this is a team led, you know, this is a this is team led leadership. But if they're not hearing from the coaching staff and receiving leadership, uh, uh, you know, information and dissemination um, of of principles and and qualities that they they're supposed to instill in the in the rest of the team, maybe they're a little they're leading the the blinds leading the blind. They don't know. Um, but ultimately, when you're seven and five, cracks in the armor begin, and you get to see those, and that's what's happening right now. But not all is lost. Not the sky is not falling. There's still plenty of time to to make up for for losses. And like I said, the transfer portal giveth and it taketh away. We'll see what happens in the weeks to come. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960.